Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be continuing a sermon by Pastor Greg Scalzo in his series on Heavenly Authority. When we left off, Pastor was giving background information in order to understand Adonijah's scheme against his brother Solomon. In the ancient world, those who had possession of any part of a king's harem had a basis for a claim to the throne. Pastor was discussing the great difference in the treatment of women under the New Testament. Here now is Pastor Greg. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ lifted up the marriage relationship, one man, one woman, to the way it should have been back in the beginning, the way God originally planned it? Aren't you glad that the New Testament proclaims in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That male and female are equal. They're made in the image of God. They are meant to both share salvation. There is neither male nor female. Aren't you glad that we have a Savior who bleeding and dying and crucified would still call up enough energy to make provision for his mother? In John chapter 19, verse 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple, John, took her to his own house. The care that Jesus had for his mother. Aren't you glad that the New Testament places women in a different position than the other religions and the pagan practices and the abominations of a world separated from God? Adonijah has a plan to use this Shunammite, Abishag, who was not even David's concubine, but was in his house. It's known by the people. She helped them. She kept them warm. He wants to use her as a way to get a foothold back into the kingship. And she's a very lovely young woman, and she's very loved by Solomon. In the Semitic languages, it's common for the two letters, Lamed, L, and Nun, N, to be interchanged. So Shunammite can be interchanged for the title Shulamite. Shulamite is understood as a common variation and equal to the Shunammite, a woman of Shunam. And if you turn to the Song of Solomon, if you look in chapter 1, it says, the song of songs, which is Solomon's. And you have this love song, this great love song between Solomon, the beloved, and the woman, the Shulamite, most probably Abishag. You read in verse 1, the Shulamite says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine because of the fragrance of your good ointments. Your name is ointment poured forth. 
Therefore the virgins love you, draw me away. This Shulamite's in love with him, with this Solomon. She wants him to take her away. And Solomon loves her. You read in chapter 4, verse 9. He says to her, You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes and all spices. Your lips, O oh my spouse, drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue, and the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Solomon loves her, cares for her, and it's not a, just a, a lustful love. She's like a sister to him. She's a, she's a companion to him, the closest to two as one, this Shulamite, this Shunamite, this Abishag. Let's read in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. Then Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his kingdom was firmly established. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, that's the fifth wife of David, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. So she said, do you come peaceably? Now remember, they were, they were clearly at odds before. We read, we studied all that. And he said, peaceably. Moreover, he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, say it. Then he said, you know that the kingdom was mine. And all Israel had set their expectations on me that I should reign. However, the kingdom has been turned over and has become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. You see his real feelings at the beginning, right? It was mine. The kingdom was mine. All the expectation was on me. It's mine. But, but, it has become my brother's. It's his from the Lord. And that's probably to pacify her, right? That's Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. And he wants something from her. Verse 16, he says, Now I ask one petition of you. Do not deny me. And she said to him, Say it. Then he said, Please speak to King Solomon, for he will not refuse you that he may give me Abishag, the Shunammite, as wife. So Bathsheba said, Very well, I will speak for you to the king. Now you have to ask why. You know why Adonijah is doing this. He wants to get one of David's quote-unquote women, one of his harem, so he has a foothold later on to say, see, I'm really the one that should succeed my father based upon the pagan practice of that time, which the people were familiar with. But you have to ask yourself, why? Why does Bathsheba say, very well, I will speak for you to the king? Does she really feel that bad for poor Adonijah. What logic is there to this? And sometimes it's hard to know why women do what they do. And those listening to this will appreciate it, knowing that the sermon is being delivered on Mother's Day. If she really feels that badly for Adonijah, let's say that's her motive. You know, the poor guy had the kingdom, he lost it. 
What does he have left? At least he should have this lovely girl, Abishaga, as his wife. If she really feels that badly, then maybe the lesson is that you can be made to feel too badly, too sorry for someone, and in so doing, do them and yourself and others no good at all. People like to play on guilt. Manipulators love an easy target. So maybe some of the motives given to Bathsheba was, well, she was an easy target. She felt badly for him. If that's the motive, then we should understand that feeling badly for someone's cause and situation doesn't automatically make us or declare us a good person. Well, I feel badly for that person, so that must make me good. So I should feel badly. I should have a lot of guilt. Doing what is right is good. And people, devious people, can play on your guilt and your soft-heartedness to get you to do something wrong. And that's not right. Doing what's right is good. Just feeling bad for somebody doesn't automatically make it good. Because manipulators know how to play that. And they're great at doing it with Christians. Making us feel bad for them. And then we're encouraged to do something wrong because we feel so badly for them. And say, well, Lord, I was trying to do something good. And we were. But it still turns out wrong. If that's why she does it. If that's her motive. Some have said she innocently asks Solomon, like she's silly. She doesn't realize what's going on. And obviously she doesn't understand the full implication of what she's doing, right? She doesn't, she doesn't get the plot of Adonijah, what he's trying to accomplish. So that's partly true. If that explains her full motive, then we would do well to remember what the Lord Jesus commanded his apostles when in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, he said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We are not called to be harmless and innocent and stupid. We're called to be harmless and innocent and wise, shrewd, as serpents. Because certainly the serpent who comes against us is very shrewd. And his, his servants, the Adonijahs, are very shrewd. So we are called by the Lord Jesus Christ to be innocent, harmless, and likewise shrewd. Much harm, much evil has been done in the course of human history by not necessarily bad or evil people, but ignorant, unthinking, and careless ones. You know, if evil is caused by innocent stupidity, it's still evil, right? Now, maybe someone can excuse it away, but the end result is still there. The damage is done. Remember here, Nathan, if you remember how this all starts, has to go to Bathsheba and have her go before old David, who's a little confused, and do it in stages, right? You go in first, and I'll follow up afterwards to have Adonijah's original plot to usurp the throne revealed. And as they go in by stages, if you, if you look back in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 12, he says, Come, Nathan says, let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Because if Adonijah wins, you're both going to be put to death, Nathan's telling us. So she knew that much, right? 
Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, etc., etc. So Bathsheba does what Nathan says. She went into the chamber of the king, parenthesis, now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was serving the king. So when she goes in there, who's in there taking care of David? Abishag. And she makes her request, and down in verse 21, she says, Otherwise it will happen when my lord David the king rests with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. So she understands. She's not this totally dense person totally dense person that some commentators make her out to be. She doesn't know what she's doing. She didn't know the danger. She knew her life was on the line. If David did not say Solomon is king, she's not dumb to the politics. And she knows clearly from Nathan that this is a matter of life and death. So if it's not total ignorance... If she's not so naive, she understands the politics. She understands if Adonijah is king, they're in a lot of trouble. If the idea that she's soft-hearted doesn't totally work, again, we have to ask ourselves, why? Why does she say yes to Adonijah? Very well, I will speak for you to the king. I think something else is at work here. Join Pastor Greg on the web for serious Bible study. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. And may the Lord bless you as you serve Him.